Greetings, adventurers. This is OG RPG, where we journey into the realms of 8, 16, and 32 bit RPGs. All right, guys and gals, we are back. It's uh, it's me and Dale here, and I finally have been able to sit down with him and ask a few questions so um, you know our our dedicated listeners can get to know this fine foxy fellow. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I know that you are a fan of Street Fighter. Does your like love of Street Fighter apply to other fighting games, like the genre as a whole, or do you, do you or have you played uh, many other competitors? I guess. Uh, competitively, uh, not really like in a tournament sense, but I am a huge fighting game fan. Um, all shapes, forms, been playing since I was old enough to push a milk crate up to an arcade machine and put <laughs> my quarter down. Um, so yeah, yeah, 3D fighters, 2D fighters, that is kind of my main uh, bread and butter, really. That's all I really played for a long stretch there. So, yep. So any big, like, uh, like are you a big Mortal Kombat fan? <laughs> funny, funny you mention uh, Mortal Kombat. That's probably uh, my least favorite in a competitive sense. That one's fun, I think, to bust out in parties and just kind of kind of yeah. screw around. But um, competitively, I can't really. Uh, I'm just not good at them. You know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I my experience is limited to the very old ones. So, like, I think we've covered the first two on cartridge command but three is about where i tapped out as a as a gamer yeah they came out with a nine and then ten and i played those for a little bit and just got destroyed anytime i tried to act like i was good <laughs> so yeah i, kind of I gave those up at some point <laughs> i'd always heard that the later ones got more they got i guess quote unquote better more you know, I always kind of viewed them as the less sophisticated version of Street Fighter, kind of. You know, like it's, I, and I think that's intentional in a way. It's not as complex, but I've heard it got, got more like tournament worthy or quality, but I have never confirmed or checked them out to be honest you know i think what what it comes down to is any any fighting game that has a block button like a dedicated block button save for maybe smash bros uh th those really kind of throw me off um, i'm a hold back the yeah. block kind of guy yeah well it is a little more instinctual at times but so are you, do you like smash bros have you been a fan of that series yeah so probably uh runner up for in terms of skill would be smash bros melee i was a uh, man i loved that game um we mentioned briefly in a in a uh, additional content podcast that we recorded together with eric that uh we all yeah. at one point held the same job and this job afforded us some time on our breaks to play some games in the break room. And I think uh, while you and Eric were playing, there it was primarily NES, Super Nintendo games, that kind of thing. And uh, mm -hmm. by the time I had gotten to that job, we had upgraded to the GameCube. So we Ooh. played a lot of Smash and I was running the table there. So. Oh, right on. Yeah, I I know I really loved the first one, but it was uh, it was the first of, of many games that I, I could see myself getting. I don't know if aged out or I, I just feel like it's the same way with Mario Kart where I'm just like, they just keep cramming more crap into these games where I'm like, come on. I don't, I don't know. I, I it's, there's so many characters. I feel like it's just too much for me. Like it breaks my mind to think about like, how do you, uh, I don't know. It's like when I, when I get into a fighting game, I want to know everyone's moves, at least know what they are. And so I can be prepared for them when I'm fighting them, even if I don't enjoy the character, but it's like, that's a daunting task with, isn't there like 80 characters in the newest smash or so smash ultimate i think has 64 don't quote me on that but uh, okay. i believe it's a 64 character Gosh. roster but yeah it's rough kind of learning everybody's uh stuff but you know th those games are just a ton of fun like it's mm -hmm. that's yeah. one of my favorite favorite party games for sure 
Yeah, yeah, I, I feel yeah. you. But fighting games, yeah, that's the main uh, bread and butter. And then occasionally there there will be like a shooter that comes along that I try to get competitive with. And yeah. then um, I guess the third tier of my my gaming history. I'm a huge From Software fan, which is the company that makes you know Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Oh, most sure. Most recently, sure. Elden Ring. Yeah, I love those games. A lot of fun there. But I've been playing games since I was uh, in diapers, man. Like my uh, <laughs> uh, my mom actually had told me once before that you know my dad, when I was too young to remember any of this, would set me in his lap and just give me a controller, and I would just sit there and hit the jump button until I figured <laughs> out you can move left and right in Mario. So it's you know, yeah. it's in my blood there you go right from the get-go but yeah so obviously this is uh og rpg uh, so you're an rpg fan so what other uh you got any other classic faves or hot takes that uh you could share with us like a little encapsulate a little bit of uh, dale's rpg taste uh here's a hot take for you so i'm a huge final fantasy fan um i love the 3d final fantasies however eight is my favorite not seven Ooh. So everyone typically says seven or six. There's, you know, it's kind of one camp or the other, but I am in uh, Final Fantasy eight enjoyer. So yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a game that you and I actually bonded on. So absolutely. It was a game that that was the first one I, I didn't get into that of Final Fantasy that I played. But uh, I then later kind of at your behest gave it a second shot. Now, it's definitely one of my favorites of the series, um, but I would definitely have to give the number one spot to six. But I, I personally, maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. I, I like seven, but I think it's a little over overrated in general. But I would agree uh, 100%. <laughs> so six, so I mean, eight is my f- my personal favorite. It just had a time and a place. I was in high school when I played it, and you got, you know, Squall, your main character, you know, all mm. that high school angst he's got. So I, was, I identify, man. Like, it's, that's my yeah. character. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the game itself, you know, definitely not the best Final Fantasy. I think uh, I think six would take that honor. I think that's the best one that they've ever come out with, for sure. I mean, seven, seven is great, too. Um, but I think that there's a lot of uh, people kind of look at that one with some rose-tinted glasses that'll never really come off because it was... <laughs> that was the first 3d final fantasy you're never going to recreate that it it had its time it had its place and it's just you know you can't erase that from history oh sure and but uh, the game itself i you know it's it's not better than six i'll say yeah it's uh, i mean they both have their ups and downs i mean final fantasy 7 was definitely a spectacle to say the least when it came out it was uh the big reason i jumped ship to playstation where i was like well that and Symphony of the Night, where I was like, I, I got to have these games. So, so yeah, and, and 64 was like, we have a few games every now and then that you're, you know, like I definitely had fun with a few. But I just had this conversation with a buddy the other day, but the N64, I think, aged the worst out of many of the retro consoles that, you know, we, you guys have reviewed games on or even beyond that. The N64, I mean, they had such a small library. Uh, when you go back and look at the games now, they're nothing pretty to look at. A few of them are still very fun to play, but it's, it's small yeah. man. not a lot to choose from. But a lot of PlayStation games I could go back to right now and just have the same amount of fun I did when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how those things go. Like especially with the N sixty four having such a unique controller. Yeah, and just so I don't create uh, haters amongst the show, I, I do love Final Fantasy VII. I actually, um, <laughs> I was super into art when I was young, and when that, I remember seeing the commercial, the North American commercial for Final Fantasy VII for the first time, and it blew my mind that I put a uh, 
uh, blank VCR and a VCR recorder. And I just waited, man. Like I would watch on the same channel that I knew that commercial <laughs> would come on every day. And one day I finally recorded it on VHS and I would just sit there and draw the characters and freeze frame it. So oh, I, I definitely loved that game too. I just enjoyed it more. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know. It, everyone could like different things. We don't need to start a, a war here. <laughs> but okay. So aside from the big FF, have you got any other uh, series you're fans of or just, you know, one-off uh, RPG games? You know? Uh, Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior, the the newer Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest was it? Oh man, gosh, it's been a minute since I played it, but I really enjoyed it. it was Eleven the newest one that came out on Switch? I, and then it sounds about right. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in that one. Um, once again, the the curse of getting to the end and not beating it kind of struck <laughs> on that. Um, the Xenoblade series, Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, one, two, and three. Which three is out now? I need to pick up. I love those games. Yeah. Um, and then you know. Retro games, uh, NES, uh, Super Nintendo, I love a bunch of RPGs on there. I know that you and I, uh, uh, before the mics heat up, we've, we've talked about this game Dungeon Magic on NES, which I think I've bugged you a handful of times, like, hey, do a Cart Command episode. Um, it's well, not necessarily a great game, but it's it's one of the first RPGs I, I really sunk my teeth into as a young tot. Which is a very interesting game, too. I, I remember renting that, because I, I do recall as one of our if not our very first, but one of our very early uh, Patreon supporters, you know, we were like, what game do you want us to play? And you said Dungeon Magic. And I was like, all right. And <laughs> yeah. which, but yeah, it's a game that I remember renting and playing. And it's it's got its interesting stuff with the, you know, the spell system's pretty cool and stuff. But I was just thrilled because I was really looking forward to forcing Eric to play it because he's not as big an RPG guy. But I was like, yeah, I want to see how, how he deals with, you know, that old kind of might and magic style first person mazish RPGs that I'm a, I think we could I'm take a, a safe of. bet that Eric would not recommend that in the review section. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, don't I mean, know. I might not either. Honestly, it's it's it's, you know, it's worth checking out. But uh, it's it was one of the first games on the NES that I really I think I saw a first person perspective, which just, you know, yeah. creatively made my mind go crazy as a kid. Oh, sure. And it's interesting, too, because, it, you know, there have been like wizardries, I think, before that or at least one of them on the NES and those like kind of dungeon only swords and serpents. Maybe I'm not sure about the time oh, yeah. of all these, but dungeon magic, at least, you know, you, you're up on the surface of the world too, you know, going around towns and stuff in a first person view. So it's, it's a little different. Yeah. Good, good soundtrack too. I will say there's been the occasional uh, nerd moment where I'll be on a long drive or something and uh, pull up that soundtrack on YouTube and just kind of listen oh, to yeah. it while I'm coasting around the highway. But um, I love it because mm. It's something too that's it's a little tougher sell, I think, for Eric at times. But I like games that are really interesting failures. You know, it's like even if it didn't work, but it's like wow, you were really going for something that is, uh, I don't know, intrigue, like Friday the Thirteenth or something, where it's like I can't truly recommend it, but I actually enjoy it because it's so weird and unique sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's worth looking at it just because you know they 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 tried something new. Yeah, it's like those weird Jurassic mammals or whatever that <laughs> like they look ridiculous you know like bizarre rhinotheriums or I, I don't even know what they I don't know they're crazy yeah, animals yeah. and I, I love them for their bizarrity yeah yeah nature's wild man but yeah so any other uh you know weirdo picks or you know uh, any any shout outs you want to give to or mm, teases you want to throw for titles you enjoy that maybe we can squeeze into an OG RPG one of these days Oh man, have you guys done Mystic Quest? I don't remember off the top of my head. No, no. Okay, that's that's not necessarily an obscure or weird pick, but I would love a Mystic Quest episode. I always loved that game. Uh, most people don't like it, so that's I, I guess kind of a hot take. Yeah, I feel you know it always gets kind of a bad rap because 
it's you know people wanted more of a different thing and that it, it, you know it's one of those things where you always compare a game against the game that you imagined you were going to get or you know what i mean which is not a exactly. fair comparison because it's actually it's just a different it's more it's not quite action rpg but it is a more i guess simple i don't know i enjoyed it too my younger brother had it and i i played it through and beat it back in the day and ended up kind of gotcha. enjoying it you know like uh so I, I, in my uh, my Mount Rushmore of RPGs, uh, right near the top would be Chrono Trigger. I don't think you guys have covered Chrono Trigger either, right? No, no. That's, that's a beast of a game, but I, w- I would love to uh, hear an episode or even be a part of an episode, even though that would be a daunting task. But that that's one of my favorite RPGs of all time, easily. Yeah, well, it's up there, man. Uh, I recently beat it, finally, for the first time over, oh, the, no kidding. over the COVID lockdown. That was one of my games I took down. So What a I treat, had- man. I got close to the end, I think, but I never owned it. So, but I did watch my friend beat it. Uh, <laughs> Bill, friend of the show, he's out there. He knows. He was the first. Yeah. Uh, he treated me to that Chrono ending the first time. Yeah, there's uh there's multiple endings that you. I think there's like sixteen different endings you can get in that game. And yeah. uh, I remember. So Chrono is one of those games that I run through, just like Super Mario RPG. Every every couple of years, I play this game uh, cover to cover, pretty much. And uh, I remember reading an article once because I would always kind of end up at the same ending, despite sort of trying to make different decisions as i went through yeah yeah and i read this article one time about how you know human tendencies and the kind of person you are and that despite your best efforts 99 percent of the time you will if you're not actively forcing yourself to make certain decisions you will arrive at the same inning just because that's that's you know human nature that's how we play games so every time i played chrono trigger i always kind of arrive at the same ending so is it the good one it it is the good one okay well you know you're a good guy so it makes sense (laughs) yeah but yeah, Chrono Trigger. That's oh man, that's on the list. I would love an episode of that. That's gonna be that'd be a beast though, multi-parter uh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, that's one we've gotten. I, I've seen requests for in the past where it's like, woof, yeah, that's a it's a big meal, but it's worth it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like one of those eight-pound steaks or something. <laughs> it's just got to be done, man. I don't know. But it's got to be done. It's got to be. It's got to be medium. It's a fun one. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. I also played over lockdown was. Final Fantasy 2, the Japanese one. It never oh. never came out here, and it is very weird. Are you, you talking about Japanese Final Fantasy 3 that never, ever released in America until it came out on the DS, or are you talking about 2-2? Because talking- it came out with 2 in North America um, on a PlayStation compilation that yeah. had, like, Fury and Guy and Leon, those characters. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what... Yes, uh, because it has the similar... It has a similar kind of leveling system to Secret of Mana, where you do things to improve your skills repeatedly. Yeah, that which, is that is too. Yeah, and it, it's it's you know it's NES, so it's just I don't know. It's a crazy game. It was interesting on how. Yeah, there's there's a way to to totally break that game with that system, where if you just there's there's a, you can get into one fight and do. Um, I'd have to look it up again, but there's like a handful of moves you can do and you just do it over and over again and just grind for about an hour and a half. And then your character will be maxed out in one thing or the other. And it's the beginning of the game. So it's a weird, funny system. It's just a frustrating system. I think in the end, like I've always tried to give that those types of RPGs or games that have those systems, you know, I think maybe it would be better in a more action RPG setting like secret of mana. But even then it's just like, well, trying to level this up. So I'm just casting it over and over. Yeah, more recently, I mean, if you look at uh, 
Oblivion or Skyrim, like the mm. Elder Scrolls series, you know, like Oblivion, if you're in a cave or something, if you just wedge yourself right up against the ceiling, you can just hit the jump button over and over again, just hammer on it and you just level up your jump skill like in the yeah, beginning yeah. of the game. So it's same thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like I like the idea behind it, but I feel like it always just ends up encouraging super repetitive gameplay, uh, or at least exactly. for someone like me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2 was fun. They they came out with that in America in um the early to mid 2000s on a PlayStation mm. uh re-release compilation. It came with 1 and 2. Um they had a translation of it. So I remember the translation being kind of shoddy though. I remember fans saying that this was not accurate to the actual Japanese too, but it was always kind of a, I guess, a forbidden fruit because I remember in the very early days of emulation, like finding a copy of it where I was like, oh, this is awesome and I can't wait to play it. But it was like the first maybe five minutes of the game was translated and the rest just degenerated into symbols and gobbledygook. And I was like, no, yeah. I want to keep playing. I didn't <laughs> understand uh, what I was doing. Yeah. So I always wanted to check it out and finally did. It's all right, I guess. But I, I was also intrigued because, you know, the guy who directed uh, Final Fantasy VIII, Akatoshi Kawazu, you know, he did the Final Fantasy Legends series, or at least the two, which are saga games, which is his real RPG oh, really? series. I've, yeah. never, I've never played a saga game other than the two uh, Game Boy Final Fantasy Legend games, but he was also the guy who was in charge of that NES Final Fantasy two. So I wanted to, I don't know, I, he, he has a very intriguing... When we talk about games that are maybe not successful, but are intrigue, interesting, or they always have weird ideas. So I, it, yeah, a lot of his games seem to tickle that part of my fancy. So I, I don't know. I'm interested in looking into more of his stuff. Yeah, I guess touching on that, it's, it's cool that, you know, they have these different directors come in and do different Final Fantasies and they have their, definitely have their own distinct style because, um, you're talking about guy that did Final Fantasy 2 also did Legends 1 and 2 which was the Saga series which is an you know, entirely mm -hmm. different series but he clearly has an identifiable style and then you've got the director of Final Fantasy 12 um his his first game was Tactics so he came from he took the entire world of Tactics and kind of migrated it over to the world of 12 and made a different game but once again 12 stood out from the mainline series as being kind of a not a black sheep I think it's a good game but it was it was definitely mm -hmm. a departure from the older games but it's always cool when they bring in some fresh blood and, and some new ideas absolutely absolutely what about have you ever played ogre battle that's another game i uh i beat on since we're going through i'm interviewing myself now my lockdown stuff but <laughs> that's another weird one you know that spawned the tactics ogre and kind of tactics games negative i never the... really got into the the tactics games i didn't play final fantasy tactics i mean i did but i, ne I never beat it i played the second one as well Ooh, and never beat it some hot um, takes right there all right yeah yeah there's a huge fan base for those and i don't doubt that they're they're really good i just i don't know it just didn't uh didn't didn't grab me yeah i i love final fantasy tactics but when i go back to play those games it's like I don't know. They feel like more work now than they did before. You know, where it's like you got to face all your guys. I don't I it's hard to explain, but yeah. I, I, I have the few times I've gone back and been like, I haven't played this in forever. I should play it. And then I'm always like, eh. I, I end up losing my way and playing something. I think else. those games appeal to more patient individuals. And I I, I find that I play games very impatiently, <laughs> which I try to work on. I try not to be impatient, slow down and enjoy myself. But it doesn't always work. But the tactics games, you know, you take a turn, you move forward a little bit, think about your next move. Then you watch them make their moves. I'm like, come on, man, I want some action. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it's. Uh... <laughs> Speaking on that, though, um, have you played any of the Fire Emblem games recently? I, I have not. I've only ever played the first Fire Emblem a little bit. Uh, do you own a Switch? I do. I do. Is that on the Nintendo Pass now, or is it just available there? Or? Uh, I'm not sure, but um, the 
the first one they released for Switch has been some years now, so you might be able to mm-hmm. find that at a reasonable price. But I would, if you're a tactics fan, I would highly recommend those games. They're very high rated and uh, very, very polished. It's supposed to be very good and same kind of combat style. I, I definitely want to give them a try again because I remember playing the first one a bit on emulation and it turned out like, it reminded me of like, have you ever played Advance Wars or any games like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or I'm familiar with Advance Wars, never played it. Well, it becomes a different kind of game to me when you're playing against the computer because they always do the same thing on these maps. So it becomes like this weird, like tricking them or memorizing their moves. So it, yeah. I, I wish it was a little more random. So I kind of shied away, but I don't know if that's true. The I know what's the first fire emblem. So got to be 25. I, it's, it's oldest. It's a 20th century game, right? So yeah. Yeah. But that's a, that's definitely a juggernaut, you know, in the RPG front for certain yeah that's a that's a recommendation for sure i think you would love those what about uh okay let me ask you this what about strategy type games like have you ever played say a romance of three kingdoms or any of those type civilization not, that, even or a whole nother genre that i i really haven't touched at all maybe one of these days i'll jump in um that that's kind of like um sort of similar in the same vein as like sim city on the nes yeah, yeah. right okay so um yeah i've heard of civilization i have friends that are all about it and they talk about it all the time i've never actually cracked it open myself well that's a huge undertaking i'll tell you but i i do know the you know i've enjoyed the romance of three kingdoms series for since i was a kid I, although again pretty much only the old ones they keep getting bigger and more complicated i haven't really played any of the more recent ones but i will say there's a a a kind of medieval European fantasy one called Gemfire for Super Nintendo that I've thought about trying to get Eric to play at times because it's it's a more stripped down one that's like you control your little countries, you have your armies, and you have little the battles are are more fun I think uh, and simpler than the because that's so that good was, entry level maybe yeah yeah a little more you know and it's it's got some slight economic elements where you you know okay your like grain it. market buy low sell high. <laughs> I like it. It might be one I would enjoy then. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll see, man. What I, what I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, here's kind of an uh, obscure one that a, a listener out there may be excited to hear that I love, but um, Might and Magic, Clash of Heroes. Have you ever played that before? I have not, but I've heard of it. There was a, it was a Nintendo, to my knowledge, it was a Nintendo DS game. Uh, first i don't think it came out on anything i don't think it's based on anything before that mm-hmm. and then they released it again later on pc and then on the xbox 360 a couple other consoles but that one's addictive that's a very fun it's almost it's almost kind of like a uh tabletop strategy in rpg clothes but yeah it's, it's super yeah. fun i i've i need to check it out because i'll tell you what i am a a big fan of is this it's a sega genesis game called king's bounty which is made by the people who went on to make Heroes of Might and Magic. Like, it's supposed to be, like, the proto version of it. Like, I remember... Oh, really? It's a real... It's a fun game, but it's, like, it's super random because you're trying to find the location of this item, basically, and it's always indifferent, and you got to go around and conquer these kingdoms and find the clues to figure out where it is, but it's, like, you could get lucky, and it could literally be right next to you at the very beginning of the game. So there's there's some RNG there. There's a oh, kind of yeah. roguelike-ish a little bit. Okay, very much. I, I have never come close to beating it, but it was just one of those games that I remember my friend renting, and you know we'd go over to his house on the weekend and just blunder around this world, not knowing because you know there's all these like weird random. You can get like orcs and dragons and knights and all these different troops to use. Yeah. So 
I don't know, but that's one I've again. I I know would be a tough sell for old Eric, but uh, maybe we could uh, bust that boy out for an OG RPG. Speaking of Eric, um, that just reminded me he would probably love a game called Dead Cells. I don't know if he's played that before, but it's randomly generated. It's kind of like Castlevania, I guess, sort of Symphony of the Night-ish, but it's kind of yeah. roguelike at the same time. It's different every time you play it. And uh, you, you try to get through these levels as fast as you can and hit certain checkpoints to get certain items. Then you fight these bosses at the end. And uh, it's all about trying to get like a perfect run. And that game's a lot of fun. And I know Eric's a big uh, Castlevania fan. So Yeah, I, I think he's played. I know I actually, that's one of the few more modern-ish games that I've actually, I own that game. Oh, you've played it. it. Yeah. No kidding. Was- okay. That was one of the first games I got for my uh, Switch. and Oh, man, I totally discounted you. I, I thought hey, uh, no, Nick's not going to know what this is. <laughs> you are not wrong to do so. But uh, yeah, I, I keep meaning to go back because it's like I was kind of playing through and building up unlocking items and stuff. And then this one day I was like, I just can't stop because I got these like super lucky, super rare drops where it was like this super lightning bolt and all this like where it was like just hold it down and it keeps shooting and it keeps getting critical hits. And like, I got this weird perfect storm of items and powers where it was like, every time you get a critical hit, you get more temporary HP and like all these things like stacked to where I was like, I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was using God mode or something. Like I just waltzed through the rest of the, of a path through the game and beat it. And I was like, I really need to go back because I've only played like 55% of the levels in that game. But or areas. Yeah, that, <laughs> that game is definitely a, a carrot on a stick. You're always, always, you know, they always put something cool in front of you, a new weapon, new, new something, and it's, it's always fresh. That's uh, fun. It's good, man. I, I love that. And I also around the same time, I always kind of link them together because I played them back to back. Is uh, have you ever played Axiom Verge? Oh man, I know what Axiom Verge is. That's sort of similar to. Um, it was made with a lot of love with uh, Super Metroid, right? Yes, it's very oh. Metroid inspired. I'm familiar. I didn't play it. It was on my list. I, I don't know why I never got that one. Yeah, well, there's there's so many, man. There's so many. It's it was one I enjoyed a lot as well. Lots of different guns in that game. I like that. Yeah, I've noticed there's been a, a big uptick in uh, developers kind of making these sort of bite size, not bite size, but um, I guess indie sort of retro esque games mm-hmm. that are throwbacks to you know Super Metroid, Castlevania, that kind of thing. There's a ton of that stuff popping up. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Like, keep up the good work, people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there eventually. In 20 years, I'll do a retro podcast about them and then I'll extol their <laughs> virtues forever. All right, that's all we're going to have from old Dale for this week uh, if anyone's got any questions out there let us know uh, and not just for dale but any of us any of the three or four you can get a hold of abby there too if we got any og rpg abby fans i'm sure there's a couple out there but now we'll get into the episode proper where we'll pick up our quest starting with the lovely little town of moleville and then moving on and we'll get all the way to the top of booster's tower so let's do it Now we can go to uh, or the lovely town of Moleville. 
I will note real quick, just on Yost's trial, that uh, if you walk around on Yoshi's back, you can understand what the Yoshis are saying. And one of them says, what are you, cracked? Racing is my life. And I remember as a kid being like, <laughs> oh, is that what cool people say? Like, what are you, cracked, man? Like, is that a phrase? Like, I distinctly remember cracked? being like, ah, oh, is that what everybody's saying? Like, let's do cracked? it. Let's, let's, come on. We are two trendsetters. Everyone knows this. Uh, let's, let's, let's bring cracked back. I'm down, brother. All right. Let's crack on. Crack on. <laughs> so, yeah, here at Crackville, I mean, Moleville, is a kind of mountainside town with uh, some neat little kind of A-frame houses with a more sheet metal industrial. Like, you know, there's lots of wooden steps and stuff as well, but it's a very mining town feel. Yeah, you just feel like you're in a quarry the whole time, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, the the people of the town are moles, so there you go. What do you know? They get giant claws, too, which I always, you know, they're nice people, but I always thought those claws looked real threatening. Yeah, they don't need my help, man. They could tear some tear some enemies up, it seems. Uh, <laughs> we can upgrade to several weapons here. Mario can get a punch glove. We already got a finger shot, but this is, uh, Mallow can get his symbols here, which is a fun weapon for him. Yeah, but once again, all of Mallow's weapons are, are kind of like joke weapons, so he's just smashing a symbol and opening up the reverb on the end. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty pretty sweet sonic attack. I will say the uh, the items here get a little more interesting because you have the option of getting the work pants for the first time, which is kind of your first. Oh, you're in the next town and you get the next better item. Oh, but there's another item that you know may reduce this stat but improve this stat. So which way do you go? Yeah, yeah. What do you prefer, work pants or mega so, pants? Yeah, I would put the mega pants on Mallow, and I would put the mega cape on Gino, and I would put the work pants on Mario because the mm. man's there to do some work. All right, all right. Yeah, you so get some. You get a. You got, got to look good. You want your. <laughs> you get your your work pants styling profiling. Well, the description is sweaty work pants. So I don't know how good they look, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it will uh, significantly take your damage up. It'll lower your magic defense. Mm, well, that's worth it. I think. Right? I think so too. Yeah, I rocked these for a good portion of the game. I kept Mario as kind of my big heavy for attacking. You know, most of the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. Super jump all the way. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, so this town is in trouble because mm. their mine collapsed or something. Yes. Yeah, so, so they had some kids playing in the mine and uh, the, the parents are freaking out because part of the mine collapsed and the kids are stuck inside. Yeah, the kid, kid moles, Dinah and Might. Dinah and Might, that's right. And uh, the reason the mine collapsed, uh, the workers said they saw a star drop out of the sky. Well, that sounds right up our alley. So Mario will volunteer and agree to... Go in and help rescue the kids. Uh, you have to like jump on the moles and then into the mine itself from the entrance. Yeah, it's like so, elevated. Like the yeah. main entrance, the ground floor one is blocked by boulders. Yeah, it's too high for you to get up. So uh, just let you jump on their head. Um, real quick, this is if you run off to the very right of this area, you get a, a Bowser cutscene, right? Oh yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, so yeah. Um, if you run off to the very right of this area, kind of off to the side of the mountain, you see a quick cut scene where Bowser's kind of trying to rally his troops, and he's down to three Goombas and three Magikoopas, <laughs> and they're kind of expressing their concerns about how it doesn't seem to be uh, working out for him, and he kind of snaps back and, and says, like, oh, you know, keep your chins up, let's show them who's boss, and they uh, they march out. But you can see his numbers are starting to dwindle. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Bowser's in a rough spot, man. Yeah, not doing too well. Might need some help later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll get him when he's desperate, but yes. So you can enter this mine, which is, you know, it's a fine looking mine. It's lots of support beams and rocks. It's very brown and orange. 
Yeah, it looks good. I think they nailed the aesthetic. It feels very dark the whole time. Music's on point. Yeah, yeah. We do get some new uh, and weirder enemies here. There's Magmites, which are little like rock creatures that'll attack you. Oh, I hate these guys. I don't know why. I think it's the high defense. They, they it, just yeah. tank so many hits. <laughs> well, they're, they, yeah, they're an enemy with very low hit points, but very high defense. So it's one of those equations where the game's kind of teasing you. Yeah, they want you to use that magic. Mm, but uh, we'll see Bob-Bombs here. And another really weird enemy, the Enigmas. Yeah, the pig-faced uh, orb demon with the wings. Yeah, it's like a... What is it like a like a hive or a swarm of these little pink creatures that form a weird pig head with it's it's very strange. Yeah, uh, kind of <laughs> looks like a, a geo dude with wings instead of arms. That's purple yeah, and a, yeah. kind of a pig face. And, and then he'll kind of separate his body into these orbs and shoot them around you and pull them back in. And, and that's his physical attack. Yeah. Him and the, or the, the enigmas and the clusters as well, which are a crystalline kind of crystalline creature that'll like separate and come back together. They, are, are very weird. I mean, they're definitely more Final Fantasy than Mario. They they remind me of something I, I would be... I feel like they would fit in better with, like, Final Fantasy VIII, which has some of the more bizarre enemies I've ever seen uh, in a good way. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I totally see that fitting in. And I, I guess it's worth mentioning at this point that we've already uh, touched on a handful of the kind of American references that are, that are heavy in this game. But um, apparently there were a ton of Japanese pop culture anime re- uh, references in this game that, that were cut entirely because they didn't think, you know, uh, American players would, would, would recognize that. Right. And this character specifically, um, if you use... Uh, one of Mallow's abilities, which will cause the enemy to kind of kind of say what it's thinking, it would say a line uh, referring to Sailor Moon. Funnily enough, <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, they remove it and change it to something super lame, which is uh, you know something along the lines of uh, "I'll attack you with my star power" or something. Versus you know, this is for the moon. <laughs> In the name of the moon, I will punish you. That's it. That's the exact line. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> but he I, uh, says that in the Japanese version. Saw quite a few episodes of Sailor Moon in my day. But eventually, we're, you know, we're roaming around this kind of mine. But eventually, you will bump up against that uh, very same albino crocodile. Croco is back, baby. Croco himself. Croco Part 2, the sequel. HP 750. Not as weak to fire anymore. And he has a 25% chance to drop a flower box. Yes, I looked that up on the internet. <laughs> okay. No, oh, well, that's the best place to look it up. But he's still not super crazy. You know, uh, you do have super jumps and everyone else can attack. I don't know, especially because this is one of your first real, I guess, second real battle, but with you know now that you've got a full party of three characters you just having the extra attack and action every round makes these battles feel way easier yeah for sure um i honestly just span super jump on him and uh standard attack with gino then healed with mallow the entire time and he'll be dead in no time solid yeah yeah and the big thing he's got because he has that bomb right the super bomb we need to blow through to another area of this mine yeah, we're chasing him around because he has an explosive, and there is part of the mine that is blocked off. We need to blast it away. And so we'll do it. That's that's how we roll. That's how Mario rolls, and Mallow does now, too. <laughs> but eventually that will f- open up. So that opens up the path that we need to keep moving forward from the kind of initial loop, which is a long, kind of linear, pretty much, path that will lead you eventually to... I mean, and this, by the way, this path is full of bombs. We're going to be fighting a lot of them here. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a few spots where it's, you know, four deep stacked up and you, you got to jump over them. And uh, uh, just before you fight Croco, there's tons of uh, tons of bandits through there. And they actually uh, keeping with the whole pop culture references. They, they'll kind of give you like a, a 20s gangster theme line. Like one of them, for instance, says something like, <laughs> you know, I'll get you. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow from Casablanca. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but uh, there's a handful of those guys that'll you know take your coins. They'll they'll hit you, take your coins, and run. And tons of bombs. What jerks! Yeah, bombs are you know they're nothing too crazy. But every now and then, if you get the explosion, you might take a little damage. But they're not strong enough to really you know. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Do too much to you, especially if you're leveled up. But then eventually, you'll come to a room where trapped up in the mine, you can see a big star piece. Yeah, but that's suspended up there in the corner. Guarding it, we have another revolting enemy, Punchinello. Punchinello, whose American name originally was supposed to be James Bomb, <laughs> but they had to change it. Uh-huh. I'm assuming for legal reasons. That's okay. I mean, that's a better name, but I mean, I'm assuming he would have looked different because he does have a very gross clown aesthetic going on that I do not appreciate. He's sort of got like a, uh, his face for some reason reminded me of a Picasso. It kind of looks like it's looking at you from two different angles. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> no, I can see it. It's a kind of abstract, gross creature. I, I take joy in slaying this beast. <laughs> he tells you, uh, you know, once you talk to him, he says, Nello's the name, see? <laughs> yeah. I'm running this gang. Yeah. But here it's... Again, what's he? I mean, he's he's kind of weak to jump attacks, right? And he summons bombs as you fight him. He does. That's kind of his shtick. The more you chip away at his health, he'll uh, kind of stomp the ground, and four bombs will land in front of him, starting with these incredibly tiny ones. And then um, later on, he'll level up. The bombs get a little bit bigger. You just keep hammering on him. And uh, his primary attack is to send those bombs flying at you and ex- explode. The bomb- bigger the bombs get, the more damage they do, too. Yeah, he gets those, like, meso bombs. Yep. They're pretty strong. But then eventually he'll summon a bomb that is just so big it squashes him. Yep, one giant explosive. And then the uh, whole party starts to spaz out because they think it's going to blow up the whole mine. And it does. And they die. No. (laughs) Game over. (laughs) No, but it will, there will blast in that, that dislodges the star piece right it comes down you grab it yeah get kind of a funny little cutscene where all the characters are all smoky and covered in soot and uh then the star piece falls (laughs) out classic yeah and then uh if you go like to the very next room there's dinah and might they're messing around with a mine cart and you can hop in to take a little mine ride or cart ride yep found the kiddos now we got to get them out of the mine back to parents yeah, and so you go roller coastering through the mine and then eventually like fly out of the mine and land at their house? Uh, yeah, so so we do the whole minecart uh, mini game. Um, and then uh, at the very end of that, we launch off the side of the mountain and crash right to the top of their home. Yeah, just like express straight home. So <laughs> hope they have insurance. But regardless, you are thanked for rescuing the children. I don't think there's any big reward, but you, after, you know, getting some pleasantries with the family, blah, 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 you do, you see some sniffets running by, right? This is where you see that beetle. Yeah, and yeah. You, you get some hints about someone named Booster who likes beetles. Yeah, we get our, our tip kind of for the next area right there. So some sniffets are chasing that beetle around and they're talking about how a princess fell from the sky and they need to get this beetle for Booster to make them happy guess it's worth noting too at this part that um you know dinah and might one of the kiddos opens up a store where you can start buying some unique items and uh, uh there's sort of a side quest where if you bring items to either dinah or might and you bring the right items eventually you get to purchase a really good item later on yeah i i, I uh, took advantage of that later um 
<laughs> so yeah, that's kind of a little side questy thing. That's more my stop, my speed because nothing against collector peeps, but I want the you know for the items, the weapons, the accessories, the armors. I hear you. Mm, so yeah, so uh, map wise, we've opened up the booster pass now, right? Yeah, and uh, uh, just before we leave this area, we get the uh, the screen goes dark, and we get kind of the narrator dialogue, and it says, "You found Dinah and Might in the Star Piece, but where's Toadstool?" So that is our next goal, apparently. Yeah. So we're headed over to Booster Pass. This is the original goal, um, and this is a pretty short, like, mountain area. Lots of different levels to jump upon. We got Lakitu's chucking green spinies or spikesters, I guess they're called. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of this area. It kind of just, it feels like filler to me. Like, uh, there wasn't a ton to do here, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, there, there there really isn't much. I think you can find some rock candy here. And there oh, are like, yeah, yeah. there are these kind of, I mean, it's kind of neat. It's nothing too crazy, but the these like cactus things in the background that sometimes will turn out to be an artichoker. The artichokers. Yeah, I hate these guys. So watch out for those stupid turds. But there, there is a giant uh, uh, flower tap too, just chilling in the corner at some point. Yeah, I thought that was going to be something more than than it was. Well, <laughs> I mean, is... I just thought it was odd that yeah, not in the chest. Like you know, every other flower tap, you just jump up and get in a chest, but they actually physically put the sprite on the screen and just walk up to it and grab it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, anyhow, uh, you just move on and no boss or anything, and that'll take us to the booster tower. Booster's Tower. This is, uh probably said this 19 times by now, but probably one of my favorite parts in the game, just because the humor here cracks me up. Booster is a funny character. Yeah, Booster is funny. He's got a very Wario vibe to him, I think. Yeah, but uh, like insane at the same time, like a caveman. Yeah. Like, I, I can't imagine he could even speak. <laughs> it's, uh, it's bizarre. I wouldn't mind seeing old Booster show up again someday. It's something. Oh, yeah. Mario Kart 8. Let's do it. <laughs> so... You approach this tower, and we, we get kind of a cutscene first with Bowser, right? Where we see him, he's trying to get in, but can't. Yeah, so we, we approach, and we're kind of at the front door of the tower, and then Bowser's off to the side, and you can see that his back is turned, but he's got tears kind of sobbing out of his eyes. And you can also see Booster's eyes peeking through the uh, the slot on the door, and he keeps ducking and like looking back up like a creep, just, <laughs> just peeking yeah. through the people on the door. No, and then, uh, he is, uh, yes, creep is right, and he is a, a very ugly character so it's it's it is comedic i think <laughs> you know yeah he, he just looks like a, a viking caveman <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh bowser ends up uh you know saying get out of my way runt and stomps the ground mario moves over and then he leaves the screen and you approach the door and you can't get in just says it's locked so your only choice at that point is to to leave and come back yeah and do don't we get a scene with princess or is that not yet yeah, so so right after you see uh, Bowser crying, uh, you hear uh, Tolstoy kind of wail from the the rooftops, and they all look up, and the camera pans up, and and she sees Mario down below. Yeah, she's up on kind of a balcony. Yep. So you know you got to get in there. <laughs> and, well, at this point, uh, uh, we realize the uh, the front door is locked, and uh, Bowser is left. And when you go to leave, Bowser comes rushing back in and says, "Oh, you know, what are you still hanging out here? I guess I'll help you out." Yeah, and at this point, you know, Bowser will join, and then he will kind of run backwards at the door to blast it down yeah bashes it with his shell and knocks it right over and thinks he's a uh, hot stuff for doing it so yeah and this is where you know at least in my playthrough i swapped out gino for bowser i did as well i mean you know you get to play with bowser man why not i want that healing yeah oh absolutely i i i did so my first time playing through as well but 
I don't regardless. Uh, so, so, uh, funnily enough, Bowser actually tells Mario that he's going to let him join the Koopa troop. So I, you know, I guess technically we're part of the Koopa troop now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mario Koopa, but, and we can enter this tower, which is an interesting, uh, little area where there's lots of sniffets moving around doing stuff. There's like a reception desk at the very front. And it's playing very, uh, you know, like uh, Muzak, like Tower-esque, like you're in, in the waiting room of a dental clinic kind of kind of soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And there's uh, uh, right away you're going to go past a portrait of six different boosters, uh, ancestors, I guess. And you, you do want to take note of them. And yeah, we need to memorize this order because later on we're going to have to put them in order for a uh, a mini game. Which is a cruel surprise if you get all the way up there and they're like, <laughs> oh no. Uh, once again, one of my favorite parts, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then it's journeying from room to room. We'll encounter thwops on seesaws that you use to kind of navigate a bit. Uh, Yep. I mean, there's sniffets and there's those like jester things. Yeah, what? Oh man, I wish I knew the names of those guys. Uh, there is also the marionette weird Remo something enemies that look like a wooden or yeah, marionettes that you can fight there. I mean, nothing in here is too intense or crazy. Yeah, those guys freak me out. If you ever played the first Devil May Cry game on a, a PlayStation, it, it reminds me of those guys, like one of the enemies oh, you fight in there. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they are creepy. Uh, there are those orb enemies or whatever they look like a magic scepter that they'll just shoot like some kind of i don't oh, know yeah. but they're super weak like you can usually kill them before they attack aren't those guys uh, uh strong to physical attacks and weak to uh, magic am i my mistake I, I think you're right yeah i remember not liking him for that reason just because you know at that point we just got bowser which you know he's a physical tank so i yeah. just want to scratch everybody to death what the heck are they trying to pull here <laughs> but uh yeah so a journey up this tower through various rooms there are yeah, at least two occasions where there's kind of a little train track running throughout above us that Booster will drive by and taunt us. <laughs> yeah, he, he drives manner. out and he says he's a Booster and this is his tower of amusement and that a, a girl thought of the sky recently that's been keeping him busy. Oh, well, we're about to keep him busy permanently by <laughs> infiltrating his uh, tower. Now, along the way, you will get to a path where you will see Six more booster portraits, but you have to mark them in order that they appeared earlier. Yep, and you'll get a little uh, a little ding chime if you if you answer the right one, and if you answer the wrong one, they'll all turn back around. Yeah, which is baloney. But anyhow, but so I guess really you could muscle your way through here, but I don't know how long that would take to just try all the combinations. I used to just it's it's kind of like a game of a, a guess who, where it's you know one of the boosters had glasses and one of them had a hat and one of them had a beard and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So if you can just kind of memorize that or write it down, even you know you can get through it pretty easy. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, that will open a secret or not really secret, but a locked door that you can move through, and that's where you find that chomp, right? That is correct. Yeah, there's a chain chomp that's chomped up on the wall and uh bowser sees it and tells mario to turn around because she looks a little shy and then <laughs> mario turns back around and <laughs> and uh bowser has rescued the chomp and that is his new weapon yeah so of course you want to use that uh which i like this for several reasons because it kind of does acknowledge that these chomps are living creatures that you're using as a weapon and they're cool with it in a way and i also like it because this is an area this is a 
if I remember right, this is where Bowser is the closest to Mario in attack power that he ever, you know, he, he was never quite equal, but here was the closest because you do kind of jump ahead in your weapon selection tree, so to speak, here, because you'll be able to buy a chomp later, but not for like a town or two, I think. That is true. Yep. Yeah. If you if you miss this weapon in Booster's uh, Tower, which is totally missable, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Um, you can buy it again later, but it's not for, for a while, a few areas at least. Yeah, and there's a cool uh, little section later on. I think it's after this where you you get to a room that has that like curtain that you can walk oh, behind yeah. it, and it turns you into original Super Mario Brothers Mario graphics. Yeah, you treat it to the eight bit classic theme, and then Mario is in eight bits, and you kind of just run around, and then you get the uh, uh, the musical chime where you're running out of time, classic from the original game, and you yeah. run back inside and turn back into three D Mario. Yeah, fun stuff, man. But, you know, the battle continues battling upwards. You get, uh, you'll start fighting those cannons, blasters, eventually. They can deal some damage. They're kind of tough, but they are weak against thunder, so get Mallow out there and shock them. Oh, yeah, I never put them away, my friend. Mar- Mallow's in the party all the way, brother. Yeah, man, Mallow. Mallow till death. Did we talk about uh, there is a room where uh, there are uh, traps on the ground and you can't see them, but there are coins everywhere. So if you jump around and you try to land on the coins, you're good to go. But if you just run through the room, you'll be attacked by a blue fireball. Yeah, which are, you know, it's not super deadly, but it's kind of a pain. Yeah, because that room also is where you get that key. Yeah, the elder key. Yeah. Yeah, that you need. And then at some point, uh, I'm not sure if it's this, it's around this room where you can walk into an optional room and, uh, or not an optional room, you pass right through it. But there's a switch on the ground at any rate, and you hit the switch and it tells you that uh, something opened up in Booster's Pass. So something more to explore out there. Yeah, maybe there was a, a little more than meets the eye. Yeah, perhaps. But yeah, you, I think that key you get, that gets you the zoom shoes, right? If you go through that door. You are correct, yeah. So that's worth getting, I think. For sure. Uh, but we're, we're getting close to the top here. And then uh, basically we'll come to a room that is outside of, like you, you're outside the, or Princess is through the door, but you can't unlock it. You can talk to her through it, kind of. Kind of seems like the final room before. This is this is Booster's Chambers, you know? Yeah, Where yeah. Hangs out. And so you're kind of talking to her, trying to figure it out. And then you hear Booster coming. So you hide behind a curtain. And there's a fun little game where he's got these sniffits looking. They're all looking for a Mario doll, which you can see above you on the kind of rack above this uh, curtain that you're hiding behind. So and they, they come first one, then two, then three at a time to look at these of the four kind of curtain locations you can hide behind. So you're kind of moving around trying to predict or dodge which one they will choose. Yeah, and they'll try to psych you out, and uh, you know it looks yeah. like they're gonna do the top three. Then you know the top guy will run around to the bottom, and then you got to sprint from behind the curtain all the way to the top curtain before they open them all and see you. They fake you out, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I like this one. It's not too hard as long as you're paying attention, but uh, you know it's it'll it'll still make you pay attention a little bit. So if you um you fight him if he finds you, right? Um, so. I think either way you arrived at the, uh, the the same result, which is Booster leaves and you go out onto the balcony to commence the boss fight with uh, his, his two henchmen. But um, the difference is you don't get the the amulet item, which is a, a powerful mm. powerful item. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, but um, but yeah, I, so you, know, if, you do. If you don't get yeah. caught. You definitely get the items. Uh, but if you do get caught, I don't believe you get them. But I, I I don't recall you having to fight him here. I don't think you have to fight him at all through the whole game. Okay, okay. I, I was just checking. Yeah, this because the amulet is uh, really great because it's like plus seven to all your stats except for speed, which is minus five. So yeah, yeah, I like the amulet a lot. I definitely equipped it and used it for a long time. So same. But once you get outside, that's where you will 
or out on the balcony, that's when you're attacked by, what is it, knife guy and crate guy? Yeah, great guy and knife guy, which are uh, two two jester-looking fellows. One is uh, balancing on a, a giant ball, and the other one is just juggling knives. Yeah, pretty crazy. One knife guy is weak to fire, but strong against thunder, and vice versa for great guy. So, oh, I didn't know that actually. I didn't know they had uh, elemental weaknesses. That's kind of yeah. It's that's why I at least when I was fighting him, I started with the knife guy and just had that way I could use Mallow's lightning you know what i mean like i wasn't yeah. worried about the other guy so much so i would just abuse that and then switch over but <laughs> i guess uh uh i meant to mention this before but just before you go outside and commence this battle uh you can't get through this door because there's a a password to get through the door and as if you complete the whole mini quest where you you don't get discovered and you hide behind the the curtains at the very end they open all the curtains and mario kind of tucks in like oh god i got discovered but they don't see you they see the doll up on the top of the uh the shelf there and booster's like oh there it is but we can't reach it what do we do and he starts crying but if you jump (laughs) as mario you just knock the doll off and he's he gives you the amulet and then he says may happiness follow you wherever you go and he gives you the password (laughs) for the door (laughs) which Uh. in in, in my case for this playthrough was car oh that's awesome (laughs) that was the password the entire time oh that's great yeah but yeah so, yeah, so anyways, knife guy, crate guy, or great guy, sorry, I keep messing it up. There's nothing too crazy to, you know, they're both pretty tough. It's, I mean, for what they are, I, I don't recall them being especially difficult, but it's just focus fire on whichever one you decide you want to kill first. Yeah, I will say uh, this is probably the first fight in the game where I, I had a character die. So um, at, at this point, I started paying attention a little bit closer. But uh, these guys can't take you out if you're you're screwing around a little too much. They they can be a little tricky. Again, I think the strategy is just like you're saying, focus on one of them, get him out of the equation. But yeah, I wasn't paying attention. I had Mario die and had to use pick me up, and then he was you know weak for a little while. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He hit uh, the knife guy. Does an attack that hit my mallow for 58 on one hit which is you know pretty significant at this point in the game yeah it's i mean like you said they're they, they can get you so again another reason i chose the knife guy to go at first is he has slightly less hp like he has like 700 versus great guys 900 so yeah you can take him out of commission a little faster and minimize damage and in, in, intake definitely All right, that's going to do it for this episode, Cartridge Commandos, but we will be back soon as we keep taking this game star by star. And if you want to get a hold of us for any reason whatsoever, there are several ways you can do it. We are cartridgecommand at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you there. Or even on Twitter at cartcommand. And of course, who can forget Facebook, where you can chat with us there. And we'll end this episode like we end every episode with a special thanks to all our patrons who are awesome. We appreciate each and every dollar that each and every one of you gives us each and every month. It's really great. Helps keep us moving. Helps keep the lights on. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of everyone's hearts. Thank you, patrons. We love you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Game on. Because that's, yeah, solid 34.
Oh, I'm getting double catted here. Okay. <laughs> I have a better odds of her just chilling. Okay. No, not on the keyboard. Freaking both of you. It's the cat's natural you. environment. It, it, it's ah, keyboards. Need a cardboard box to counter it. I know. I've I've seen them. Make, I can't right now, baby. I'm I'm recording. <laughs> Come down here. Come down. Is that right. the new one? This is the old one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm fighting my own cat fights right here. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no, do not. 